Right, we are live. Welcome to the Why Carbs Won't Make You Fat podcast. Josh and Nick are here and we're ready for episode number six. So how are we going, Josh? Very good. Yeah, um, I had a day off yesterday, but it's been a pretty busy week at work and also had today, I booked today off because last night I went to see um, a Russian death metal band in London. Yeah, I saw that. So- yeah, so that was Easy. Yeah, Ben Ben was there. Yeah. Mr. Glasscock. And um yeah, about they had one there was only a he- them headlining no support acts or anything like that. And they hadn't been in the UK for probably about eight or nine years or something. And um their singer is the has the like the most ridiculous guttural vocals. He sounds like a bear. And so that's a good, good, <laughs> good to see that live, and uh, it was really good. Um, but other than that, yeah, mostly just been working at FOF. We're doing a 90 day uh transformation thing with new members and stuff like that. So I've been uh going through plenty of food diaries, making notes and um uh, suggestions, and also taking care of the already existing members with nice. nutritional needs. And so it's been a pretty full on week. and coaching wise has been uh getting the hours in on that as well which has been good nice well what would you say is the most common thing you see in those food diaries that you're wanting to give feedback on well they don't eat enough protein or don't eat enough mm-hmm. in general um and yeah there's there are a few outliers who have kind of tried to be a bit more informed with their decisions but a majority of the stuff they're getting from their getting uh about sorry majority of the stuff they're getting information wise is just things on instagram which on one hand is useful but there's already so many things out there it's maybe mm. using for them so uh had a call with a client today and that's pretty much what he's um based all of his nutritional uh information off of and he's had success and like gone from a high body fat percentage and got it lower and things like that and he's developed some good lean muscle and just needs a bit more guidance and accountability um and someone to sift through the shit if you want to call it that mm-hmm. uh, uh, that's out there and so hopefully that that's uh, what i can do for him so, yeah nice good cool um right nick how's how's it going first week back in the office First week back, first full week. So yeah. it's a bit like footballers in pre-season. Get the get the yards in the legs and then you know, you're <laughs> off and running. Um I did not go and see a deaf metal Russian band this week. I wouldn't even be not with your pregnant with. wife. I wouldn't, I, even, <laughs> I wouldn't even know where to start with that to be honest. It was a really um, wholesome show. He's a nice guy. Was it? I could, I could <laughs> probably, probably is. <laughs> I can imagine. Um yeah, first week back at work. Luckily I work from home uh four days a week. And then mm-hmm. one day in the office. Um, yeah, sadly, my main job is not very exciting. So I don't know if I've ever said, I, I work for a bank. So I'm a right. um, financial promotions risk manager for a bank, mm-hmm. which is kind of like the legal side of marketing. So it's right. a bit okay. it's a bit dull, but you know, it pays the mortgage. Right, so it's a real um, job, unlike Josh and I's. Little... <laughs> you're you're <laughs> living the dream. Instead of on the, <laughs> the, on the corporate hall that you know, just yeah. goes in the office. Um, yeah, first week back was pretty good. Um, the standard kind of, um, chat in the office when it comes to January time. Okay. What, what gems have they, uh, what gems have you uncovered in the uh, office then? Luckily, the people that I work with are pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. it's come with time, but the gems that we always used to have is like seeing people coming in in January with some sort of special K bar for breakfast that's mm-hmm. like a hundred calories and eighteen yeah. grams of sugar or whatever it is, you know, nonsense. Mm-hmm. And then they'd be all optimistic that that was going to be their way forward and you know they've read this is gonna work. And you're like you see them in an hour's time and they're just eating everything they can find because they're so hungry. But yeah. um it's that whole thing, isn't it, of like not eating enough, which is sometimes counterintuitive when people want to lose weight but also something that just josh touched on is like people people just don't eat enough protein mm-hmm. and the, the the one kind of thing i've heard a lot and i hear it from work and i hear it from friends and family the minute you start talking protein people start going 
yeah, but I don't want to get muscly. Yeah. My, my goal isn't to put on muscle. And I was like, hang on, I eat protein and my goal is to put on muscle. And <laughs> I'm I trying my nuts off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm struggling and I'm trying. So, um, yeah, it's, it's really trying to like move over that kind of roadblock of mm. not about turning into a bodybuilder. Yeah. hundred looking at it more from a, it'll just keep you full and then you won't get to 10 o'clock and be at the vending machine, you know, getting a bag of Maltesers or whatever it is. Yeah. So I, I actually, with the protein thing, I wrote an article about this because I listened to the Diary of a CEO podcast with Tim Spector. Well done. Partly well. in, yeah, well done. Yeah. Partly in prep for doing our own podcast really. And I chewed my way through it. I took the dog for a walk. Luckily, we live in the middle of nowhere. I found myself sort of swearing along. And the, the problem with it <laughs> is that he seems quite credible. He has a PhD. He's incredibly intelligent. And basically, he should know better because he knows a lot of the stuff he's saying is slightly misleading. But he's right. trying to sell a product. So he's kind of mm. glossing over it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, they make a statement in the um, podcast where he said, most people in the UK get plenty of protein. Mm. Yeah. And I remember look that at the, so uh, if you want to look at the article and get all of the context is on my website, foodflexibility.co.uk um, is too much protein making you fat, um, which was his claim. But basically he very, very quickly sort of caveats that and glosses over the fact that if you're in a calorie surplus, because too much protein won't make you fat, too much of anything won't make you fat unless you eat too many calories. Mm. And the, the claim is that most people get enough protein and they do statistically get enough protein to avoid clinical deficiency. So if you lived in Africa and you were unfortunate enough to be very, very poor and live in famine conditions, you probably don't get enough protein from the grain that you are given by UNICEF because you're starving. Mm-hmm. And you're likely to be clinically deficient in protein. In the Western world, it's very, very difficult, provided you're not living in poverty, to not have enough protein to be clinically sufficient, i.e. so that your organs don't stop working and you have medical problems. The problem with that is a well-recognized, researched amount of protein is a lot higher than what the... um, clinically sufficient doses because it keeps you fuller for longer looks after your bone density and helps you build a little bit of muscle which as you age means that you're more independent so that's all the context around it and it hacks me off a little bit that someone who knows all of that and he says uh, he does to give him his credit he says in the podcast oh unless you're a bit older which isn't a lot of context. And the whole reason I wrote the article, I met a lady doing a free nutrition talk. She listened to the podcast, um, history of um, not wanting to gain any body fat, slightly iffy relationship with food and body image. Um, Menopausal, knew that she needed to strength train to look after a bone density menopause because that deteriorates unless you do that. Um, Wouldn't eat more protein than that small amount to preserve her bone density, to help her gain muscle, because Tim Spector said that's not okay. And it's going to make her fat. And sadly, I had an hour with her and I couldn't convince her that that wasn't necessarily the case. So that made me sad. But I think that that what you touched on there about in later life, that is the, that's the golden one for me in terms Mm. of if you want to preserve your mobility Mm -hmm. when you get to a later stage of life, you want to cling on to the muscle that you can find. So there's someone, oh, yeah. um, someone in my family who was doing, oh, what was it they called it? The Michael Mosley Fast 800. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Now it turned out they were doing it from a point of, um, I think they were told by the doctor they were nearing diabetic levels. So okay. they saw this diet. So it was a bit of like a kind of, I want to come as far back from that as I can. This seems pretty good. Mm-hmm. They just went off and did it. But when you look at it, I won't go into the detail, but fast 800 is like you eat 800 calories on Sundays and yeah. fast. Yeah, it's really? Piss poor. Yeah, it's awful. It works. Um, but, but yeah, it does work. But it's the same way of going, you know, it's you maybe don't need to go that extreme. To, uh, no, unless your health is in serious risk. I was just, because of I was just about to say, yeah, for, the, for the context of like where he was, it 
was kind of you know okay for what he was doing. But one of the things I noticed of it is you kind of lose weight, but I wonder how much of that is muscle mass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you know, people just think that you lose weight and that's a good thing. But where mm-hmm. that is coming from? Now he's quite an active older guy, does gardening, walks, all the rest of it. But you can't help feel like the problem you're solving on the one hand, you're creating on the other by mm-hmm. doing that kind of diet. Yeah, and the same same as you said, you know, you can talk to these people as much as you want. So Nick, actually, like explain the physiology of that, because I don't think people will realize, you know, um, people who don't have a a strong background in nutrition will realize if you eat fewer calories, you're not necessarily just burning body fat, are you? No, so it's not necessarily, I can't, yeah, I wish I could explain the the deep, uh, you know, medical side of it, but basically how I see that the body works is muscle is always going to be a more... um, your body's going to look at muscle as a source of energy. It's going to kind before of it starts before it starts looking at fat. So the problem you've got is unless you're kind of providing your body with what it needs to sustain the muscle, if the balance is out and the body starts using muscle for energy, but you're not replenishing with protein to you know get the mm-hmm. um, replenishment, you will start losing muscle mass in your body. So mm-hmm. that will show as a decrease in weight on the scales, but it's not where you probably want that uh, weight loss to come from no so over and, time uh, it will become harder and harder to do simple things you know like the gardening like walking mm-hmm. that kind of thing yeah so yeah weight loss isn't always a good thing in those circumstances e- exactly and so nick's about to talk about slimming clubs and i know you've got an alternative approach but one of the uh-huh. things that some slimming clubs do that I don't particularly like is there isn't really a focus on protein. It's a focus on the scale going down. And that's a problem because having a high muscle mass is very beneficial for your health. As you get older, your muscle declines naturally. You can counteract that by weight training and eating sufficient protein. Um, also, if you've got an aesthetic goal, if you chisel off all of the fat, but you don't have much of a muscle base below that, you, hmm. and I'll use this example because it's the one I can think of. You end up looking like Christian Bale in The Machinist rather than mm. Christian Bale in Batman. Mm. And you probably, yeah. if you're a guy, want to look like Christian Bale in Batman, not mm. in The Machinist. That's the difference. And if you don't know what that looks like, just I'm sure you can Google search those two images and see what the difference yeah. is. Yeah, it's a good example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's in there from back in the day. <laughs> reading, reading website articles and understanding the I benefit can, of protein. I can remember one of the things that hit me about the protein side of it. It's something that was in our BTN course with I think it was um, Tom that was talking about it about protein mm-hmm. levels. And there's a difference between hitting your minimum protein level and existing and eating the higher level and thriving yes there's two massive different things there and it's trying to get people to understand yeah you can hit the minimum but we can do better and Mm -hmm. chances are you can start to feel better for that Mm -hmm. so that was one thing i took away from that yeah yeah 100 yeah It's, it's about yeah so clinical sufficiency is all about surviving but if you want to optimize then you know, have this mindset of thrive, don't survive mm. yourself like an athlete, even if you're not, because guess what? Athletes tend to be relatively healthy outside of competitive, you know, competition and stuff, but you know, they mm. feel themselves well, <clears throat> all of that good stuff. Right. Mm. So on that note, tell us a little bit about your take on slimming clubs, Nick. So this may get me banished from the nutrition circle so i do apologize to no, everyone. go on i like no, it I, 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 I am going to bookend this kind of little piece with and this is always the important thing i am not saying that this is perfect i'm not saying it's optimal no anything like that so before we get going just to put that one out there this isn't you know a perfect solution but i wanted to talk about slimming clubs and i think the main one i wanted to talk about was slimming world mm-hmm. because 
they're obviously I think in the UK they're probably like the biggest um right. group out there. Everyone is probably aware of them. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got one nearby and that kind of thing. So I want to do a little talk about Slimming World. I've seen them in the social media again recently. But in terms of Slimming World, a quick bit of an overview of how they how they work. I think we've all kind of probably heard of you know the the meetings and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But in terms of what they actually do is they split food into different categories. So you'll have free foods, which they say is foods you can eat as much as you want. Mm-hmm. There's what they call healthy extras. And I think there's healthy extras like A and B, or some people in the industry call them hex A and hex B. I've learned this. Oh, wow. Okay. I know. Every day is a school day. There's, <laughs> there's speed foods and there's sins, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So that's how they split their food. It's uh, spelled so, S-Y-N because it's not, yes, supposed, it's a made up. Because it's, it stands for synergy. Not what mm, you of course think it, it does. Is. Yeah, of course it does. Yeah. Let, well, I mean, let's not talk about the fact. We all know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. It is because their old marketing actually had um, a pair of devil's horns in the Slimming World logo. Mm-hmm. So if you apply sin to devil horns, I think we all know where they were going with that. Yep. But yeah, they say now it's synergy and all this kind of stuff. So free foods are the ones they say you can eat as much as you want. Which obviously comes with a bit of an issue, not an issue, but maybe if you've got people that have um, are struggling with weight management, mm-hmm. saying you have an unlimited, um, you had unlimited access to these foods, maybe isn't the right way of doing it, but that's what they do. Mm-hmm. And examples of free foods are actually it's quite a wide ranging list. So there's a number of different lean proteins. Uh, bacon, beef, beef mince, even like grouse, guinea fowl, this kind of stuff. So, you know, proteins in there, which is good. Um, plant based proteins, corn, uh, tofu. And then you get into kind of, there's other ones where it comes into pasta and rice and that kind of stuff. And this is where I kind of get a bit, okay, you're telling people you can eat as much pasta as you want and rice. Mm. But I think they probably do it on the basis of you can only eat so much of this stuff before you get full up and it's providing Mm -hmm. a bit of freedom and that kind of thing so there's your free foods your healthy extras are kind of um i think they split it into a healthy extra a is like milk and cheese and dairy products and you limit those to certain quantities Mm -hmm. and then your healthy extra b i've got it in front of me because i was going to forget so much of it um it's stuff like your carbs so you know breads porridge that kind of thing and it kind of gives you weights for each of those things but but not pasta um you can have whole grain pasta so it's basically these seem to be more like the wholemeal type stuff you know the the slower releasing and that kind of thing um and then speed foods are like vegetables and fruits but it's the vegetables and fruits that are cucumber celery basically mm-hmm. it's like water-based fruits mm-hmm. and vegetables so they're saying you can use speed foods to bulk up meals and they say it will speed up weight loss again i don't agree with that but there's no bad thing with bulking out meals with fruit and veg so you know happy days and then you've got your sins and these sins are you kind of um you know the stuff that's apparently on the naughty list that you kind of limit to a certain quantity so you get certain points that you can use towards sins and it just means that you're not you know going mad on those on a day-to-day basis so it's all quite complicated and it took me a while to get my head around it but when you look at it they're the same as any other type of thing where they're trying to push you in a direction of a certain way of eating because they provide lists for each of these and the lists are all fruits and veg good carb sources proteins and all this kind of thing so they are encouraging people to go in the right direction Mm -hmm. which i don't mind now this does sound confusing but i was thinking about this in terms of they get a lot of criticism because people go oh they have such a confusing way of you know nutrition and this kind of stuff so what you want to do is don't go with slim will come with me and Mm -hmm. someone goes okay i'll come with you mr pt 
right, what I want to talk to you straight away is macro splits. And you're going, <laughs> all right, what? Like, I, see, I speak to my mum about macro splits. She goes, what are you talking about? Yeah. So you kind of start going, well, what's the difference? We're, yeah. still, we're still making it mm -hmm. confusing whether you go with a PT or Slimming World. So I've talked about the downside of free foods because I feel it's unlimited, does cause a bit of an issue. And I actually knew someone that used to come to work with the biggest tub of pasta you've ever seen. And it was, yeah. well, this is a free food. I can eat as much as I want. And you go, mm. I get, yeah, technically, yes, they are saying that. But, you know, so that is a bit of an issue. So, <laughs> you know, we'll agree on that one. But I wanted to look at the pros and cons of it. So the pros of someone being part of a Slimming World-based diet group is you've got a community aspect. Mm -hmm. You've got accountability. Yeah. You've got skin in the game because you've paid to be a member. Mm. And you're providing, you're making sure basically someone's focusing on their nutrition. Yeah. Which is always but, a good thing. You've got a plan. Yes. You've got some sort of structure mm -hmm. instead of just stumbling around in the darkness and this kind of thing. I think one of the things as well is like Slimming World trying to encourage you to see your plate as, you know how you see those plates with like, this much will be your fruits and veg, mm -hmm. yep. proteins, which again, structure, very good. I like mm -hmm. that. The downsides of it is a bit like you mentioned earlier, Tim, in the depending on which group you go to and who is running that group, there is no requirement for the person who's running the group to be any form of educated nutritional. You yep. know. <laughs> it could just be someone that's done it and they like it and they're trying to encourage their ways, which, so if you've got someone who's kind of cheated with it or that kind of thing, they'll then pass on their bad habits and it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. not good. Um, I, I actually had a client who was in Slimming World, then became a, a leader, I think they call them, mm. instructor, and then she had to be, and she was like, yeah, I kind of know a lot of this stuff that I was saying yeah. before isn't quite right. Um, but as you say, different groups do it different ways. Mm -hmm. But you also, um, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, you've also got sometimes there's a bit of a toxic behaviour in terms of relying <laughs> on the result on the scale to determine how well you're doing so mm -hmm. i know from people that i've spoken to you know there's people who go on the scales don't see the weight they want so they take a belt off or they take their shoes off and this yep. kind of stuff and it's mm -hmm. you know it's also it absolute more... it's absolute madness to weigh yourself at the end of the day yeah it's yes. so variable it's it's however the <laughs> okay go, however, on then, go on go on there are a number of meetings that i've because one local here and they do it in the morning. Okay. So again, I think there's some of this that's group dependent. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. If you go to one at six o'clock, you're going to have a day's worth of food. You're going to have a day's worth of poo, water, fluids, all this kind of stuff in you. So if days someone's going to do it, yeah, mm -hmm. I'd probably encourage someone to do a morning one mm -hmm. to get a truer reflection. Mm -hmm. And the reason I want to sort of talk through this and kind of give a bit of an overview is... <clears throat> Again, I'm not saying they're optimal. I'm not saying they're great. I don't fully support them. But they've become a bit of an easy target in social media and the nutrition space to the point that I think we'd almost put people off. Now, some people say that's a good thing. But I always think back to people like my mum. Yeah. Because that's who I try and target my social media stuff at. It's just the average person mm -hmm. with little knowledge. And I always kind of think that if she says to me, oh, do you know what? I've realized I've put a bit of weight on. I think of going to Slimming World or whatever. What do you think? I can have two options there. Yeah. I can either go, what on earth are you doing? They're shit. Don't go to them. They're mm -hmm. terrible. Or I can go, that's really positive that you are taking a stand on where you are and making that decision to join. And I mm -hmm. fully support you. Mm -hmm. But what I will say first, before you go, let's just have a chat so I can explain how it works. Yeah. Ex explain that they don't hold the magic potion in terms of weight loss. What they're doing is they're encouraging you to eat in a certain way. 
they are getting you to track calories, but just they're not saying it. Yeah. And then off you go. Enjoy yourself. Stick to it. And then when you get to a point where you feel that you've reached a weight where you're comfortable or you don't want to carry on with that anymore, come back and see me. And we'll have another chat about how, you know, you can continue that without paying X. I think it's literally like five pounds a week. Yeah, so I, that's the other thing that is actually a little bit. There's a low yeah. barrier to entry, which like, yeah. I, to, to, I think that's no, nobody's thing. paying me five pounds a week for nutrition coaching. I wouldn't be able and to. I think that's the thing. You know, you've got these people. You've got these people on social media who've got a GCSE and PE, you know, wearing Gymshark, <laughs> and they're telling people don't don't spend five pound a week on Slimming World. <clears throat> Pay me thirty pounds a week, and I'll give you a macro split and confuse the shit out of you. Yeah, and I. I've been a massive person against Slimming World in the past, but I'm starting to see it from a different point of view. And I'm telling people, stop being negative about something that actually does mm-hmm. help quite a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And, and I uh, think we start need to look at more at where people are, aren't necessarily where you think they are when they come to you. Mm-hmm. You think they've got this knowledge, they haven't. Mm-hmm. They're struggling and they just want someone to help them. And I have that slimming world, go and do it mm. because you're, you know. And um, I wanted to, have you ever seen the, the mashed banana thing? Right. Yeah, so I've, I've got a little story about the, like, the mashed banana <laughs> thing. So when I used to work in an office, there was a guy who was doing slimming world. Um, and I was like, we were, like, the group that we worked together in, um, I was chatting to one of the other guys and he's like, what are you doing the weekend? And I was studying for BTN. So I was telling him all about that and how I was studying nutrition in my spare time. Um, and he was like, oh, it's quite, it's quite interesting. So then obviously everyone knew me as the nutrition guy in the office. And the guy who's doing Swimming World, he's having good success with it. And again, it's like that community stuff and he'd done really well with it. So had other people in his family. Um, and he was like, I just, I can't get my head around one thing that they're telling me to do. I was like, cause we were talking, he was like, I just want, I was like ice cream. He was talking about ice cream and wanting like a bigger portion of ice cream. And I was like, oh, what I like to do. And I got it from Jamie Oliver is I'll grab a bunch of frozen cherries, mm-hmm. stick them in the food processor, blitz them till they're like a crumb and chuck in a load of Greek yogurt, blitz it yep. again, turns into frozen yogurt. And mm-hmm. like, you can't freeze it again because it goes like an ice block. But if you eat it there and then, it's pretty good frozen yogurt. And he was like, yeah, um, but my Slimming World leader said to me, if I do that, it, um, what do you say, it oxidizes the fruit. And I was like, <laughs> okay, what do you think happens when you chew it? And he was like, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, the one thing I would say about the banana thing because I can remember years ago when I saw this come out and I was going, what on earth is this all about? Like, you chew a banana, blah, 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 blah. And I've seen a lot of people jump on this. And again, it's a bit of an easy thing to kick because it's mm-hmm. like, it sounds stupid. But what they're saying start... is don't blitz up your food and make it easier to overeat. Is mm. This is the thing. So this yeah. is, I started to look into it a bit more. And this is why it's similar to if I was saying to someone, um, you know, do a food diary, write down some stuff. My thing would always be, you know, stuff like fruit and veg. Don't worry about it. Just you know, same, same, eat, same. eat it as and when. However, I wouldn't want you to track an orange, but I do want you to track orange juice. Yeah. Mm. Both, both the same thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. One, you know you're eating an orange and there's only so much of that you can eat. A glass of orange juice can be four, five, six oranges, which then mount up to be however many calories. Mm-hmm. So if you mash a banana, you're taking away the physical cue that you're eating Satiation of it, one yeah. banana. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can nail four or five bananas in no time. If you yeah, mash yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, this bit frustrates me as well, because people jump on this on social media mm-hmm. and start mocking it. And as soon as I see that, I go, you don't get it. Mm-hmm. like step away from joining in with the herd and just think about it for a minute what they're yeah. actually trying to say and when you start to think about it you go no there is sense in that yeah, now, yeah there isn't yeah. there isn't sense in the thing that he did where i think they called a muller yogurt um a free food and then they bought out their own yogurts mm-hmm. and all of a sudden they were four sins <laughs> so it's like 
I don't know. How, like the product didn't change. I don't know how you can mm. eat free food and then be sinned because mm. you bought out your own yogurts. So there are things in there I don't agree with. Mm. But yeah, I think, like I said at the start, to bookend it, it's not perfect. Uh, the, the thing you, you don't, you get a structure, but you yes. don't get an education. And yes. you might not want an education intuitively. You might just want to get to that goal. The problem is when you step away from the program, you don't know necessarily why you shouldn't put a banana in your smoothie. You don't yeah. know necessarily why that thing is three sins. Yeah, yeah. I completely mm -hmm. agree with that. That's the bit you. that makes it a little bit unsustainable. Yeah. Whereas what, I'm not blowing up, but... I prefer to educate someone because then to be frankly honest, I, I don't write meal plans. I don't know. That's a good, like I might give an example, but I would rather the person be empowered to know how to put together one themselves with my help because then mm -hmm. they have free will. And what happens when we have free will, we go do stuff of our own volition because no one's telling us why. And we understand why we want a high protein breakfast because that hundred calorie special K bar ain't going to fill you up. Yeah. And I think I, I do agree with that. Education is the best way to go with it. So if someone comes and says they want to lose weight, if you can educate them, they can go off and, you know, the problem we've got is that not everyone wants to be educated. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree with that. Because, because someone, someone just wants to lose weight mm -hmm. and someone wants to lose weight because they're going on holiday in July. Yeah. The hope is they lose weight, it makes them feel good, and they'll come back and they'll mm. go, well, oh, do you know what? I want to carry this on. Possibly they won't. Yeah. And yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. It's almost like a... Um, Slimming World kind of gets a bit of an abuse because people lose weight, and then the minute they stop, they put all the weight back on and go, see, that's what I told you, Slimming World doesn't work. <laughs> but the minute study, you stop doing study, any any form of structure... Studies that happens with any yeah. form of diet, so it's not yeah. just fat. So it's, Even calorie, yeah. I think that the final point on it, and is what I just mentioned previously, is we have to start, as people who are interested in helping people with their nutrition, stop lambasting and um, almost like mocking their choice when they make one. Mm -hmm. yeah, we 100%. should be support when they decide to make that choice which is already hard for someone that is yep. in that situation Agreed. we have to support them it might not be the route we want them to go down but let's help them in whatever route they go down mm -hmm. and i just get the feeling that sometimes people mock it because these people are going to competition and they're not going to them i don't have yeah, yeah well, my theory. i i don't get any money so i've i've got no kind of you know so the the way I see it actually is I'm there for later on when they've if if exactly. and when they make that decision yeah. of swimming world isn't working for them. You want to be the person that when they go, hundred percent. Actually, I've got to a point where I'd like to know more. Mm -hmm. I spoke to Tim once and he was really supportive and I really appreciate that. I'm going to go and speak to him, and you yeah. can go. Great, come to me. We'll have a chat and we'll get you going. But that's yeah, slightly an alternative view on slimming clubs. I like it. and it's mm -hmm. it's not um yeah i'm not going to be starting to post you know mm -hmm. healthy extra foods on my social media or anything like that but i always like to try and be supportive of people who are doing it so, you know what though actually like something like if you look at something like weight watchers or ww whatever mm. they call themselves anymore i think there is some solid research that says that that is actually a very effective group program yeah and i was actually looking on um pubmed this afternoon i should have been working so don't tell people but i was on pubmed um and if you just type in google um slimming world pubmed it brings you obviously up all the articles yeah. that you want to see and when you start reading the research i think they were doing ones in terms of um the impact on men in slimming world because slimming world has always been seen as a female led yeah. thing mm -hmm. Actually, if you put men in group situations where there's a community, mm -hmm. the results are very good. Yeah. yeah. And all the research I was looking at, the results are positive. And they, it just niggles in the back of your mind going, at some point we have to stop mocking this. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and, um, yeah, it's a place to get know. started. 
yeah go get started in the place that makes the most sense for you right if we were it's to say yeah. if some, if someone wanted to get if their new, new year's resolution was to become more active and they decided they wanted to go for a 20 minute walk you wouldn't go tell them they're an idiot because they're not deadlifting and squatting and entering mm. a crossfit competition it would be balmy yeah but unfortunately there's people out there that are doing it to try and i just think it's it, i think it annoys me because it's just like it's herd mentality isn't it it is yeah yeah. yeah. someone goes Great oh thing. this is shit and it's like no one thinks for themselves and actually goes you know what? i'm gonna go mm-hmm. and look at this and actually make my own opinion mm-hmm. and that's the thing that does get me a bit with you know the social media kind of side of things mm-hmm. but yeah that was my um slightly passionate that's good i like it you on Passion. Look out for Nick becoming a slimming world leader in the next six months. <laughs> I'm gonna get a t-shirt. You'll <laughs> be wearing your devil horns on the next podcast. It'll be brilliant. So I think of actually rocking up at the local we've got one around the corner. I'm gonna rock up there on a on a morning with a clipboard, start taking names down. I, I would actually I would actually um on the, the, the group thing. I would love to, I don't necessarily have the capacity or know where I would do it, but I would love to run a small group slimming club mm-hmm. and do it my way, which would involve yeah. some of the stuff that Slimming World do. I wouldn't do some of the stuff that they do. I do. I would do it like I'd coach my regular clients. My, much like you, Nick, my unlimited stuff is, I basically say to my clients, I'm going to track calories and protein if you're up for that um that's it and if it's a vegetable that isn't a potato we don't track it mm-hmm. yeah so i can eat seven kilos of peas well you can try <laughs> yeah um, but it's it i give them that freedom abundance mindset i explain to them that that's because veg is really really filling and very low in calorie yeah, yeah. but the, the thing that made me laugh as well is like like i said it it has become a bit of an easy target and people yeah. think okay well i'll move away from that and i'll speak to the pt in my gym or whatever you know to try and get advice let's make this really this, this week this week alone i've seen the pt that works in my gym has posted stuff to the effect of um sugar is the equivalent of cocaine which is bullshit uh, which mm-hmm. is absolute bullshit um apparently the minute you, the minute mm. you sit down your body turns off fat burning right so the minute i sat down for this podcast my body just shut off any fat burning ability Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, okay, are you telling people to not go not in that direction, <laughs> but go to you when you're equally as shit? I don't, Nick, uh, so as, as a guy who I think Josh has done a different, like I, I did a, a, a quite a cheap level three personal trainer course. So I've done my BTN, which is level four nutrition. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't name who they are, but I pointed, I had to point out to them that one of their nutritional statements was factually incorrect Mm. they'd mixed up the difference between water soluble vitamins and fat soluble vitamins Mm -hmm. completely and i was like someone is gonna read that because you don't that's all the nutrition stuff you get is a small amount of your level three personal trainer qualification Mm. and you're qualified to give people nutrition advice um which isn't a bad thing a lot of it is solid it's very very Mm. simple um, doesn't go into mindset or anything like that, that you cover in a higher level course. But I was like, someone's going to read that and advise their client of that. And mm-hmm. it's dangerous and wrong. Mm-hmm. That's like write to them and they're a bit sheepish and embarrassed. I will tell the examining board. But I was like, how, who, I, how to get past? How has it got so yeah. far? It's not a new course. How has it got so far before somebody mm-hmm. spotted it and told them? Yeah. Maybe that's because you know, laziness, apathy, whatever. But I was like, God. Mm. so mm-hmm. that tells you a little bit about the basic level of education you get as a personal trainer that doesn't mean every personal trainer is like that because a lot no. of them would go no. and do their own research and learn on the job and all the applied stuff that comes with it read PubMed like nick's doing all that stuff but just like um there are plenty of gps out there who would recommend the fast 500 diet or whatever it's fast mm-hmm. 800 diet mm-hmm unfortunately yeah. well-meaningly but they're not experts in nutrition either but yeah so, but some some would go and do the yards and do that so it's it's tough isn't it because how do you know you don't know what you don't know i think 
the message is if you're someone listening to this and you want nutritional advice look up us free yeah ignore everyone else just come to us thank you we'll do it give you you 600 followers yet nick oh do you know what i nearly got there did you I nearly got there yeah right, we needed we needed another, another push well i got up to i got up to five nine eight yeah um and then i did a story that slightly criticized the labor party and i lost two followers <laughs> 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 was it you think Keir Starmer <laughs> he stopped following you yeah that was it basically yeah so I think right. yeah lesson learned there don't talk politics on my stories I don't, I don't think I've ever seen you but, um, anyway right I think I was talking about they're, they're on about banning um, junk food adverts before 9pm no. they've, they've break that one back up again and yeah I was saying it was a bit of an, a lazy approach mm -hmm. yeah recycle okay Right. Well, actually, we have had our very first question into the podcast, which is we'll open the bottles of champagne. There's a ticker tape parade going out, out in the street. You can't see it behind me. Um, people are excited. So um, thank you for Chris who asked the question. Chris was looking for some ideas for savoury snacks. And I can kind of see why that is, because I think like average snack product, especially like in the health realm, tends to be on the sweeter side. Um, mm -hmm. And I think personally as well, I find a high protein savory snack a little bit hard to come by, especially in sort of the pre-packaged version. So I know um, Nick spends a lot of time in Audi putting out all the <laughs> stuff, but uh, with Josh's uh, <clears throat> culinary hat on, I thought mm. he could absolutely nail this subject. So over to you, Josh. Um, so a very simple one. Uh, if, you're into it if you like eating chicken buy a whole chicken roast it and if there's any left over then that's easy pickings for getting good savory protein throughout the day same thing when it comes to meat um if you get a, a big piece of meat same sort of thing but then you can look at slightly cheaper cuts as well so for instance beef skirt from sainsbury's uh they vary in pricing but generally under five quid majority of the time and there's quite a lot of meat in that pack and if you happen to have an air fryer there are some that have the function of dehydrate on it so you can make your own beef jerky or any kind of jerky you like I, that's game changing i do exactly so you wow. can so you can thinly, <laughs> slice, thinly slice the meat season it any which way you like whack it in there and then it cook, cooks for several hours on a low slow heat and then when you come to take it out of the drawer you've got jerky that you've made yourself and so say nice. if you bought if you bought three packs of beef skirt did what i just said and then you've got a good amount of snacking material for duration of the week um and i, I and you can also do organ meats as well there's one time i managed to get some venison liver so nice um obviously liver's an acquired taste for some people but it it makes really nice jerky too and the uh bioavailability bioavailability of the nutrients and that is also great as well uh just a big bloody ultra multivitamin and uh, <laughs> nice. I like that yeah and so yeah that's one thing um for a vegetarian or plant-based thing um take a can of chickpeas, drain them, dry them. And there was one recipe I tried out where you add a tablespoon's worth of tahini and then some black sesame seeds, some paprika, sea salt. I find with quite a lot of vegetarian or vegan stuff, they under-season things. So, mm, Okay, that's a good tip. Season the hell out of it with some mm. additional things in there, depending if you want like some spice or a herby sort of thing and then either whack them in the oven or an air fryer and it's kind of kind of like wasabi peas to to a degree yeah, nice. that's a similar sort of texture um but you're getting fiber carbs some protein in there and they're tasty too and then a third thing this is kind of almost like a brunchy breakfast sort of thing but a crustless quiche basically mm, so yeah you take Eight, eight eggs, maybe maybe ten eggs or something like that. Crack them into a bowl along with two to three tablespoons of cottage cheese, and whisk that all up into so everything's combined. Salt and pepper it, 
and then get a muffin tray. Right, I'll just probably preface this as well. Um, on the on the side, saute some spring onions, peppers, um, a deli meat of your choice, so ham, turkey, whatever you want. Saute that off and then divvy that up into the muffin tray and then add the cottage cheese egg mix to that, bake them in the oven, and that's another good one. nice try out i think i'd so i'd fun. i'd add to that um too many baby bell lights is quite an easy one yeah <clears throat> quite high in protein low in low in fat um low in calories relatively um mm. <clears throat> cheese cheese is actually quite satiating in terms of like feeling well. of fullness mm. sorry josh parmesan in particular as well because it's kind of classified classified as one of those raw cheeses and even if people have lactose intolerance that's yeah. really better than lactose too so you can still tolerate that one mm -hmm. yeah uh, mozzarella is quite good as well it's quite high in protein lower in fat um yeah. as well um I just, I just game. I did not know that you could do jerky in an air fryer. I'm now yeah. changing my opinion on air fryers entirely, and I'm off to buy yeah. one. Um, yeah, you can, there, there's some, some of that stuff is is available pre-packaged as well. If if you're sure. in that, yeah, like um, if you're on the go, if you're on the go, or there's a particular brand called Ember. I love uh, Ember. I was about to E M B E R, them. and they do beef jerky, they do venison jerky, different flavors, and they all taste really good. So they do a they do a pork one. All right, okay. It tastes like salami, but hasn't got anywhere near the amount of fat in. It's like no. it's like the same macros as chicken, so it's very very low in fat. They put a little bit of um, quinoa in there, I think. All right, but it it tastes like salami. It's insane. Mm -hmm. You will find them in the chiller aisle, so they're not. Um, they will last outside of the fridge, but not yeah. long because they're chilled. But mm -hmm. and they use so they're a UK company. I think they're all organic, probably. Um, and they're it's well high welfare animals and they are basically using up all the bits that you wouldn't otherwise eat so it's quite a sustainable way mm. to eat very regenerative if you're um conscious of the environmental impact of what you're eating there's another company called rome R -O -A. okay um i have i've yet to try them they're again uk based and they i haven't seen them in any stores yet but they are uh, mail order that is a similar thing to ember but rather than being just individual slices of jerky they're like meat bars basically nice. um, and they're seasoned for, for different tastes and stuff like that but they look pretty good too mm. there's there's also the eat lean cheeses which is a little bit like an edam now right. it doesn't taste like your favorite block of mm. double mature cheddar or whatever you're into but it's insanely high in protein um, and a, a really good savoury protein source. And I think they've actually just bought out some bars mm -hmm. rather than buying. So I used to buy a block and chop it up into bars. So they've obviously cottoned onto that and just wrapped them up in a packet and done that. So yeah. there's another option of a prepackaged one. Um, so, yeah, a few ideas like to work on there. Mm. If you were to, I'm going to go shameless plug. If you were to go to my website and look under the freebies section, I've got a high protein snack guide that's got a bunch of different ideas in there um if you uh want to contact me on instagram i can send you the link to to go download it um right and we'll do instagram tags at the end so mm. make people listen to the end that's my plan <laughs> can, I add, so, can i add one final snack thing on the end of it mm. I, I go a bit old school sometimes if i finish work and i'm a bit hungry i go a bit old school and possibly a bit 80s i get some rye vita oh, yeah. and put some pineapple cottage cheese on Mm. and that is the, i think it's the crunch and like yes. the slightly sweet salty of the cottage cheese it's quite nice yeah mm. and obviously cottage cheese is quite it's pretty cheap yeah. very cheap very high in protein yeah yeah very filling yeah, yeah. So that's a um, tasty one mm. yeah if you can get over the texture cottage cheese is really yeah good. Mm. yeah i'm off to, i'm also off to buy some pineapple cottage cheese and just upset my wife <laughs> <laughs> Pineapple cottage cheese in an air fryer. And air fryer. I wonder, yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah, let's go like pineapple cottage cheese fritters. That was proper 80s, I reckon. Child yeah. <laughs> of the 80s, fine. Josh is just glazing over. He's yeah. 90s, um, yeah. you, you are a child of the 90s, aren't you, Josh? You're not going to tell I am, yes. Thank you. Yeah. Very good. Okay. What, year, what year in the 90s was it? 
1990. Oh, that's not too bad. Oh, that's all right. That's acceptable. That's, that's okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. Well, to wrap it up, I'm going to do a little bit about social media trends. So I see it a lot at the minute. Um, and it was brewing up before Christmas, possibly before then. Um, definitely Mr. Spectre's banging the drum. Rogan Chatterjee's been on it, although, as I understand it, I haven't listened to the full podcast. He gives a lot more context, which I was pleased to hear. Um, lots of people are saying avoid processed foods. Seems smart, a bit like this, you know, bashing the slimming world thing. Seems, seems like the thing to do. And... Where that might help you is that having some bright lines or some red lines and some clarity of eat these things, don't eat that, might help you to make better decisions because the more variety we have and the more options that present us, and let's face it, you could walk into Sainsbury's and there are literally, I reckon there's probably 70 different types of cheese in that cheese aisle if you went and counted them. Right. Too much variety leads to basically the want to have everything, try a little bit of everything. So if you say, I'm going to avoid X, it does work, or I'm going to limit X, it does work and give you that clarity. Many processed foods are hyper palatable, which means they're fucking tasty. Mm -hmm. Hyper fucking palatable, tasty. They make they're really easy to overeat. That's not the dictionary definition. That's my attempt at being funny. Um, they're very, very easy to overeat. What happens when something's easy to overeat? You eat more of it. And if that also happens to be high in calories, then it affects our waistline. That being said, processed foods, and you can get snarky and pedantic over like the definition could be a bunch of different stuff so what a lot of the people would say it's hyper processed foods but there isn't really a, a, a line in the sand as to what is and what isn't processed if you were to pick up your potato whip the skin off with your speed peeler bang it in the air fryer and make some chips that is a processed food mm -hmm. despite the fact that you could have just dug it up from your garden and so We've got to be careful with this terminology. And what I don't like about it is it cuts through a few things that aren't fundamental. And it's an attempt, I think, to tackle a bigger issue of the fact that we live in this obesogenic environment where food is available literally everywhere. I mean, probably, I don't know, not, not many years ago in the grand scheme of the world, we would be out in the woods hunting our lunch by hand mm -hmm. and we might not eat day to day whereas you could literally stumble across four thousand calories around the corner from your house like very easily mm. we can't change a lot of that and it might be an attempt to say you know let's get all these foods out of the supermarkets and stuff but in reality that ain't going to happen and a lot of those foods are very very cheap to eat and Sugar gets a massive rap. I think we talked about it earlier, didn't we? Nick? That sort of statement mm. from the PT was like, you know, sugar is toxic or sugar is as addictive as it, it, it isn't. Okay. Like, food isn't addictive in the definition, the scientific definition of it, right? We have to eat to live. You, and if you don't, you die, right? So, yes, it's addictive in that form, but it's, it's a survival thing. When you eat a cube of sugar, your body breaks it down into glucose. Sugar is very close to glucose already. When you eat a potato, your body breaks it down into glucose. Your potato is further away from glucose because it has lots of starch and fiber in it. So your body has to break it down a bunch of different times, which causes it to digest more slowly. Mm. But when it's that molecule of glucose, your body doesn't know any different. So to fearmonger about stuff being overly processed is missing a bigger point. It is all about calories. Unfortunately, you don't have to track them. Having fewer higher palatable junky foods in your diet is obviously going to be better for your weight management and all of that stuff. Having less salt in your diet is going to be better if you eat a heavily processed diet. But if you cook like Josh and cook for yourself all of the time, not putting any salt on your food is also bad for you. Mm -hmm. It's all about balance. So if 80% of your foods were 
what you would consider to be healthy intuitively and you're going to be you know regardless of your level of nutrition knowledge you're going to be quite close to the mark on that we sometimes overcomplicate this the other 20 percent can literally be whatever you like and again like another guy that i follow nutrition um nutritionist alan arrogan he's one of the bigger researchers in the nutrition space he likes to give his clients um get them to make their own meal plans so he sort of sets out their calorie target and then he breaks that down into what foods that might be so it'd be like this much meat or this much tofu this many carbohydrates whether that's x grams of potato x grams of rice so breaks all that down and then he saves like 20 percent of their calories and says that those 300 400 calories of your target eat whatever you like structure but also mm. freedom and not too much mm. freedom. So last bit around that, it's a helpful tip for you. If you want to control your calories, but not track calories, figure out how many you need. Just Google it. Like there isn't a perfect equation or ask one of us through our social channels. We'll do it for you or I will. Um, take your best guess, figure it out. And let's say you've got 1800 calories as your target figure out three meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner that are 500 calories. Use the rest for a couple of hundred calories of fruit and the rest for chocolate crisps, ice cream, whatever makes your life enjoyable, even alcohol, if you want to do that. Then you don't need to count calories, but you will have to do a little bit of work up front, associate what your portion sizes are, and then you could rinse and repeat. And you could use Nick's example last week of the recipe jar, Mm -hmm. when you pick that recipe figure out what the portions are to give you that amount of calories and then okay a little bit of upfront investment but your portions and everything are going to be right okay it changes when you go out but either go out and enjoy that meal or use the restaurant calorie information to help you if you want to stay more on track mm -hmm. yeah it's a good point. i think i think the, the talk around processed foods is like a it's an important one, isn't it? Because it is, mm. it's, it's the other topic of getting bashed again. And I I did a post on processed foods a while back. Um, shameless plug, just if you can, I don't know if you can see it, but no, you can't. Oh, you're blurry, um, not helping now. Yeah, blurry. But it, it's on my Instagram, which I'll give you at the end. So I did a post on saying, should you fear processed foods? Um, and it's interesting because there's something called the Nova food classification system where it comes okay. to processed foods. And it's like, there's four groups and it starts from unprocessed or minimally processed foods at the start. You know, it's basically like pick, pick fruit and veg up until ultra processed foods is like takeaways and stuff like that. So that helps give you when people say processed foods, mm. they can fall into different categories. So like we're saying, not all processed foods are necessarily bad. And one of the things I read in relation to um, processed foods, there was there's a report that was called uh, the Food Foundation Broken Plate 2023 report. Okay, and it actually talks a lot about the impact of processed foods um, that it has on people that are less fortunate. Yeah, because processed food bashing is not helping. I don't want to sound a bit you know rah rah but it's very elitist it is I'm, very, I'm massively oh, with you, you you need to be eating this quality of food because if you're not you're subhuman you you know you're not going to live it's like no i'm sorry but some people don't have a fucking choice yeah like in the report they work out the people that are living in parts of london where you're on a high street they do not have access to fruit and veg so where people are going oh of course you can just go and buy tomatoes and stuff literally they can't they have no access to vehicles. They have no access to shops. Their high street is covered in fried chicken shops. Mm -hmm. What do you want them to do? Like, oh, we'll just move. I, like, well, also, I, I hate this. Like, yeah. you know, just, the the, the other aspect so of that is they might be working two jobs to support yeah. themselves and their family so that then, yeah. they, oh, well, go buy the stuff and cook it at home. Yeah, sure. I've just done a 12-hour shift and then I'm in bed for four and then I'm yeah. going to go do another job. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah. Because there, I think so, I, I think I pulled out three things. So there's a couple of quotes in there that said it's often those on the lowest incomes who consume more processed foods. Mm -hmm. The most the most deprived 
fifth of UK households would need to spend an estimated 50% of their disposable income to eat in line with the Eat Well Guide compared to 11% of the least deprived. So you can just see the impact in terms of going fresh yeah. for families who are struggling. Yeah. yeah. It's just not a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and on average, it actually was that healthy foods are over twice as expensive as less healthy foods per calorie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's if someone's up for reading that report, the Broken Plate 2023 report is actually really interesting because mm. it talks through a lot of it. And I think it definitely changed my viewpoint of, yeah. again, I feel like it's something that's come up a lot on this podcast is you need to meet people where they are. Yeah. Yeah. And some people are struggling. So our, our, um, our nutrition lecturer suggested in my year, he was like, you guys should all go and read the book Poverty Safari mm-hmm. by this Scottish guy. And it, it, the guy who lived in, in poverty came in and out of it. He was like a, a rapper. So he managed to get like a bit of fame and a bit of money. And then he was in and out. But just reading stuff in the book, you're like, Jesus, I live such a privileged yeah. existence. And you never know yeah. unless you put, push yourself to go read something like that that you possibly wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, the other point with the processed food thing is, so Nick touched on it a little bit there. So a lot of the research will show that processed food leads to a poor health outcome. But a lot of people on a low income uh, have to eat that way because they're on a low income they might have a lot of stress in their life they might be working multiple jobs they might not sleep very well they might not have access to as good a healthcare system they might not have access to going to the gym all of this stuff a lot of us take for granted just because just because their diet isn't stacked up to clean eating it might not be the food. It's very, very easily the stress, the lifestyle they live in, even access to like sanitation and stuff like that, that shortens mm-hmm. their life. It doesn't have to be the food. So it's where research is. You have to take it with a grain of salt and think very, very laterally about mm-hmm. it. It's never just one thing. Yeah. It's like those studies you should see like um, red meat increases your chance of cancer, but then actually you look at it and the people that were consuming the roast milk, the most red meat there was also a link to the fact that they were the highest smokers and yeah, yeah alcohol and sort of yeah. just like you there's all these other factors destroy, yeah. but, but that goes back to the whole thing of people are jumping on comments yeah and it just it just shows you the it shows you the the basic level of knowledge that's out there is people aren't looking outside of headlines yeah it's like mm-hmm. the best thing that we learned from btn was critical thinking is see a headline that doesn't quite make sense yeah. i'm going to go Why? investigate it instead yeah. of just sharing it regardless yeah and that's you know question things be curious right ace i think good discussion guys let's wrap it there um firstly right where can people find you on social media nick and get you up to 600 plus followers <laughs> i've had a follower join this podcast Incredible. we're nearly there Get me there, guys. Um, Metcalf underscore nutrition, and it's Metcalf without an E at the end. So M-E-T-C-A-L-F underscore nutrition. Perfect. And what one thing would you like people to take away from this pod, Nick? Um, I'm going with uh, the Josh air fryer um, (laughs) tip of making your own jerky because I've got an air fryer and I will be doing that probably this Mm -hmm. weekend. There you go. Uh, Josh, where can people find you? Uh, at Josh Weebout90, so W I B A U T, my surname, um, on Instagram. Uh, yeah, that's the only social media really I have at the moment. Nice. And then what, what was your take home point? Um, the meeting people where, where they're at, basically, because I've found, and also changing, drop that, um, changing, um, my disposition about things like it kind of ties into what we were talking about a little bit last week from the philosophy side of things. Um, and much like you, Nick, when some people I know have signed up to Slimming Worlds in a previous version of me, I would have thought, why are you doing that? That's a stupid idea. It doesn't work, et cetera, et cetera. But like you say, it's the entry point is something that a lot of people can get on and it's, mm-hmm 
sense of starting their journey and then hopefully following their initial curiosity and doing that in the first place it might lead them to other channels like this or others that will help them on that particular path because as i talked about at the beginning of the pods getting a number of people's food diaries in rather than looking at it and thinking i did this wrong you did this wrong you did this wrong is finding the wins that they're already doing without much information and then rather than focusing on the one negative aspect because if you make a big deal out of that that's the only thing they'll focus on mm -hmm. so you're wanting to like you say empower them to build their own build their own philosophy about how to how to eat basically um and yeah that that's one of the main things i've taken away from today perfect right you over to me then sorry nick do you want to say no that wasn't me no <laughs> Here's something in the background. Okay, seamless. Right, over to me. Um, you can find me at Food Flexibility on Instagram, Facebook, um, website, foodflexibility.co.uk. Um, my take home would be if you are, if you struggle to manage your appetite, maybe explore eating a little bit more protein at breakfast, lunch, or dinner without changing anything else and just see how you go. Um, and on that note, remember, carbs won't make you fat. Calories might, protein probably won't. And we'll see you again next week. Yep. Take care, guys. Bye-bye.